Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Sunday, June 23rd, 2019. This is episode 142. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. This is Eric Brad. Back in 2004, we got a brand new Belgian Shepherd puppy. We called her Tiramisu. When we got our new puppy, my wife was involved in the sport of dog agility with our older Belgian Shepherd, Vince. At the time, I was new to mark and reward training and was just learning about behavioral science and learning theory in animals. I wanted to train my puppy using this new way to train that I had learned so much about, and so it just made sense that I took on dog agility as a kind of goal to achieve. Dog sports of all kinds are interesting, and each offers its own opportunity to teach a particular set of skills. That decision began a 13-year journey with Tiramisu that took us from novices at the game of dog agility to championship titles, and so much more. The thing that I will treasure most from that experience is not how much I was able to teach my dog Tira, but how much I learned, and how much I learned from her. This is my essay, Dancing at High Speed, Dog Agility. She flows with the grace of a cool stream. She is a black shadow, moving effortlessly over one jump, and then another, and then another. She slips into a tunnel and smoothly turns to execute two, three, and four more jumps in a long, sweeping arc. She glides. She flies, negotiating the various obstacles with ease. It's all I can do to concentrate on directing her around the course instead of marveling at her beauty and speed. She is moving faster than 20 kilometers an hour. The sport of dog agility has been an unexpected delight for me and my dogs. In the beginning, agility was just a good excuse to teach my dog a number of novel behaviors using mark and reward training and behavioral science. But my adventures with my dogs in this wonderful sport have taught me a great many lessons about kindness, persistence, patience, and trust. I've learned a lot about dogs, too. How they move, and how their senses work. I've learned a lot about the character of dogs and how far they will go to work with us given proper motivation. And I've learned how much fun you can have in 30 seconds. To the casual observer, dog agility looks simple enough. Just direct your dog over a set of equipment in a designated sequence. There are jumps of various kinds, tunnels of varying lengths and shapes from straight to more exotic curves. There can be teeter-totters, hoops, an A-frame which looks like a tent. It's three feet wide and five feet tall, and it looks a lot like a peaked roof. Sets of poles that dogs must weave in between, and a long, narrow dog walk that resembles a 36-foot-long bridge. At competitions, no two courses are the same. Each agility run will offer a new constellation of equipment for the dog and handler to navigate and each piece must be performed within specifications. No bars must be knocked down on the jumps. The dog must weave in the correct direction and pass each pole. 
and the dog must touch the safety zone, usually the bottom third, of the A-frame, the teeter-totter, and the dog walk. My beautiful dog Tiramisu, about whom the opening paragraph was written, earned a total of six championship titles in the sport of agility. We played agility together for more than 12 years. We traveled from our home in Victoria, British Columbia, to Seattle, Washington, to Calgary, Alberta, to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and even further places in order to play our favorite game. It was an adventure that has challenged my ability to teach my dogs things and to be an effective communicator. In fact, my greatest agility teacher was certainly Tiramisu herself. She's retired now at more than 15 years old, but her eyes are still bright. One of the first things I needed to learn to be an effective agility handler was how dogs see the world. It turns out that dogs see faster than people do. They literally process more visual frames per second than the human eye can process. So our dogs actually see increments of movement in between the frames that the human eye can see. Their field of vision is also wider than ours. They see a full 270-degree field of vision compared to our 180 degrees. And they see movement much better than we do, although they do see less detail. I've learned that dogs believe their eyes more than they believe their ears. That's one of the first things that Tiramisu taught me. As we ran agility courses, my body and movement may say that we were going in one direction, while my verbal commands were saying something different. Tira would usually believe her eyes. So, over time, I came to depend less on talking to my dog on agility courses and more on using my body to direct her around a course. In a very real sense, when we played agility, Tiramisu and I were dancing at high speed. A small turn of my shoulder or a dip of my head could send her in a different direction. It took me a while to learn what all the right moves were. For her part, Tiramisu was mostly patient with me while I learned how she would respond to these movements. In the beginning, it was a frustrating process for both of us. My clumsy attempts at getting myself from one place to another on course would confuse and frustrate Tira. There just wasn't enough clear information in the flapping of my arms and my scrambling to wherever it was I was trying to get to on the course. Tira would just turn and run toward me, barking, telling me off for being so unclear. Despite her frustrations, Tira seemed to love playing agility. She would always come out to play, hoping I would be a little smarter and a little better next time. One day, I realized something really important. Tira didn't know where the course was supposed to go, and she only knew that we had messed something up if I told her with my body language. That's when I figured out that she didn't need to be frustrated if I made a mistake. All I had to do was allow her to take the wrong course, to go where my poor handling had directed her, and give her lots of praise for going exactly where I had sent her. Once we had figured that out, it was my responsibility to watch and learn and discover the ways to direct Tira to the right obstacles with more clarity and more consistency. But I always rewarded her for her efforts. I'm grateful to Tira for playing this game with me and trying her best no matter what happened out there on the course. We worked things out. 
There was no frustration, no scolding for going to the wrong place. Tira was always right. And that's the game she loved to play, the running, jumping, dad-is-oh-so-proud-of-me agility game. Once I worked things out, we had a lot of success in agility. We learned to dance together as a team. We had our struggles in the early days. I had a lot to learn. And I had a lot to teach Tira. We still made many wrong turns and we didn't always complete the courses correctly. But it didn't matter anymore. We did our best and we ran the courses together, come what may. And Tira? Tira was never wrong. Good girl, and thank you for dancing with me for so many years. Thousands of people around the world play dog agility, but not all of them are dancing, and not all of them move at high speed. Not all of them share the joy that Tira and I shared as we ran together. Dog agility is, after all, a competitive sport, and that will attract competitive personalities. Some people take failure much more seriously than others. They can invest a lot of themselves into being as perfect as they can. For me, it was about recognizing that my dog was just going where I sent her. If we were not perfect, it was very likely my fault, not my dog's. If you have a dog and you haven't had a chance to try dog agility, I would encourage you to do so. It can teach you a lot about partnership, communication, and the wonderful personality that is your dog. There are agility training groups in most areas these days. And you don't have to enter competition trials to earn ribbons or titles if that's not something you want to do. It was the joy of interacting with my dog that drew me into this sport. And it was the joy that I saw in Tira that kept me playing with her for all those years. I once read a book by author Robert Fulgham, who said, Live a balanced life. Learn some, and think some, and draw and paint and sing and dance and play, and work every day some. Yes, dance and play every day some. That's what Tiramisu and I did for all those years. And we smiled, and we laughed, and we learned together while dancing at high speed. If you enjoy these podcasts, why not drop by our website at caninenation.ca and you'll find dozens more to listen to. While you're at it, perhaps click on the donate button and offer us a dollar or five or whatever you'd like to give to help support the podcast and help us keep the lights on. Or you can support the podcast by spreading the word on social media or leaving us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear feedback from you about the podcast. If you have any comments, stories, or questions, you can email me at talk2 at caninenation.ca. That's talk and the number 2 at caninenation.ca. I look forward to your comments. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs, or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life.
I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. <laughs>